you know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, <laughs> I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shay Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shay Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dominic. Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina wine mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. What these young bloods have to understand, that this game has always been and will always be about buckets. Just attack the basket. Welcome to Buckets, brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. My name's Matt Moore. I'm the senior NBA writer for the Action Network. This is your Cavs, Knicks, Suns, Clippers first round NBA playoffs series preview. We get kick-started with these two series, the four fives in each conference. We're going to break it down. We're going to give you the most important thing. We're going to give you a player angle to keep an eye on. And, of course, we're going to give you those best bets on the series price. Join me today, Albert Wynn. He's the analytics capper coming to me from the ATL, where he is actually in for the night. AC, how you doing? I'm doing well, man. It was a long, regular season. The last two weeks seemed like two years, to be honest. I'm just happy the postseason is here, and I think we're going to get some really good playing games. Let's hope. Let's, let's certainly hope. Also joining us, Brandon Anderson, NBA Futures Analyst. Ready with his Minnesota Timberwolves shirt on, which is great because there's no one I know that hates the Wolves as much as Brandon. Brandon, how are you? Man, I'm doing great. The future is here. The future is now. I definitely (laughs) spent my entire day living in the cloud, chasing down all my data and numbers, and I have finally recovered it. I have my info again. I'm ready. Let's talk some basketball. Yeah. uh, For those of you who don't know, Brandon is a, um, he is the most dedicated prep person I've ever worked with. No one preps more for podcasts than he does. It is really, it's why he's so good at what he does. It's why he's so successful at what he does. You don't believe me? Go check his stuff in the Action Network app, the best way for you to track your picks. You have the second information where the bets and money are coming in on, and you get to find all Brandon's stuff, as well as you get to catch him and I on Green Dot Daily this week, giving you all sorts of breakdowns on the NBA playoffs. And uh, Brandon lost for a little while in the uh, in the series of tubes in the internet and the and the information superhighway, all of his notes, which I just, oh. I cannot imagine the panic that must have surged through his body, uh, much as the Red Bull is coursing through mine currently. Uh, but I'm glad that you have discovered yeah. and gotten everything right. Here's what we're going to do today. We're going to cover Suns Clippers. We're going to cover Cavs Knicks. We're going to start with Cavs Knicks. We'll give our best bets for the series. 
We're going to talk about the most important thing that we think matters in that series as far as deciding the outcome. We'll give a player angle that's going to be a prop type angle that you can use to bet props based off of the matchup and what we see the series looking like. And then we'll give our elevator pitch, which is like the 90 second version of why we're on our best bets. We'll go around the table first. Just list your best bet. I, AC, let's start with you for Cavs. Knicks, what's your best bet for the series? For the series, I like the Cavs, man. I know it's juicy. Um, it, the line's been going a little back and forth, but I just think they match up very well against the Knicks. They're a very well-rounded team, and I think Donovan Mitchell is going to show New York fans why the Knicks should have traded for Donovan Mitchell over the summer. I like the Cavs to, to win the series and most likely cover the one-and-a-half games as well. Minus 205 at FanDuel Sportsbook to win this series. Brandon, what's your best bet for Cavs Knicks? I'm going to surprise myself here. I did not expect this is where I would be. I was looking at the over five and a half games. They got a little juiced out of my range. I'm going to take the Knicks on the series spread in New York plus one and a half games going head to head right out of the gates with AC minus (laughs) 128 at FanDuel. We'll get into it. Uh, All right. Uh, My best bet for this series is Cavaliers on the series spread minus one and a half plus one Oh four. You're getting plus money for the Cavs to win in six games or fewer. Uh, I will say that I have a small best bet on Cavs minus two and a half at plus two ten. So we are definitely AC on one side, Brandon on the other Uh, AC. Let's start with you. What's the most important thing you think from this matchup? So I mentioned that Donovan Mitchell is great. But I think their second guard, Darius Garland, who was the number one option for this team before Donovan Mitchell uh, joined the team this summer, I think he's going to have another breakout uh, series, another breakout moment, if you will. I think he could be the number one on this team. It's just Donovan Mitchell is a little more refined, a little older, has um, just knows how to play uh, pick and roll basketball a little better than Darius Garland. But I think in this series and future series, because I do think the Cavs, Sorry, Brandon. I think the Cavs might be, um, you know, going further in the playoffs than just the second round, in my opinion. But um, I think Darius Garland, when he gets hot, I think this team is close to being unbeatable because their their rim protection and their backline defense is so good. Brandon, what's the most important thing from Cavs next? I think the most important thing here is that the Cleveland Cavaliers are a great regular season team and i don't think it's going to translate to the playoffs i think they have a flawed profile it's a young team they haven't been here before they lack depth i think they lack a fifth starter right now they found isaac okuro we'll see if that works in the playoffs guy can't shoot i've been watching him for a long time this team beat up on bad teams they're 29 and 4 against sub 500 teams none of those left in their path in the playoffs they're 21 26 against teams above 500 19 and 21 on the road, very average. If you take away the outlier games, the Cavs had 16 wins this season by 16 or more points. That's really good. You want to have lots of big wins. That's why all the stuff I love, guys, I'm the Vorps and Schwarps. I'm the SRS guy. I'm the guy that's supposed to like the Cavs. That's why I spent more time getting there. 16 wins this year they had by 16 or more points. Every one of those 16 wins was against a team outside the top seven seeds right now, except for three. And those three are all fake wins because they're against guys, teams resting their guys. So those wins really, really inflated the profile, inflated that beautiful net rating, take them out. They're a plus 1.0, basically just kind of an average team after that. I think that we are thinking that Tibbs is what Tibbs always was. 
the guy that maxed things out in the regular season and can't get there. I think that's the Cavs. The Cavs maxed out with their regular season defense and their lack of offense. I think that we have an outdated image of Tibbs and it's going to flip this series. Okay. All right. Uh, my most important thing is that everything Brandon just said is wrong. Um, so <laughs> first off versus top 10 teams in point differential, the Cleveland Cavaliers had the sixth best net rating in the NBA. They were 10 and 15 against those teams, which is not nearly as bad as you would think it is because like that like a number of these teams were still 500 or sub 500. They were 27th in different in the actual differential of what they should have been versus what they were. So what this actually tells you is like, they should have performed much better than they actually did record wise. They lost some coin flip opportunities. The most important thing actually in this game, in this series though, is this cat starters play more in the playoffs. Jared Allen played 65 minutes versus this New York Knicks team and dominated them. The minutes with Jared Allen on the floor are terrific versus the Knicks. The minutes with Isaac Okoro on the floor are terrific versus the Knicks. In particular, because Jalen Brunson shot terribly when guarded by Isaac Okoro and awesome when Okoro was not on the floor. The minutes with Evan Mobley, great. The minutes with Darius Garland, great. The Cavs starters won their minutes. The Cavs bench lost this. Because the New York Knicks are a try-hard team like Tibbs always is. Tibbs is an underdog in the playoffs. 11-17 and 17 against the spread, but more importantly as a dog in the playoffs. 6-22 and 22 straight up. Tibbs teams are 6-22 and 22 in the playoffs <laughs> as a dog. You want to know why? There's no other gear you can get to. That's how Tibbs coaches. And I appreciate it because the Tibbs teams are always a good watch. They play hard. Julius Randle hitting threes off of action where the Cavs overhelp. That's a thing they can they can change. The starters have such a big edge in this series. That's the most important thing is that the Cavs starters have a huge edge in this series. And specifically, a big reason that the Knicks won 3-1 in the season series was because they had a massive edge in second chance points. All of that dissipated when Isaac Okoro and Jared Allen played. Those guys will play heavy minutes because this is the playoffs. Fewer minutes, unless Obi Toppin is starting for the New York Knicks. I think the Knicks are drawing dead. Um, AC, give me your elevator. I'm sorry, let's go player prop. What's a player angle that you can think of for this series that might wind up flipping things? I think uh, I mentioned Darius Garland on the Cleveland side. Um, I think this guy needs to get a lot of flowers uh, on the Knicks side. You know, we talk about uh, Julius Randle, Jalen Brunson, who might not be 100%, by the way. Uh, mm -hmm. But Emmanuel, quickly, I know there's been a little movement now with the six-man award. That's a separate conversation that, you know, Matt Matt can get into if he wants to. Um, but Emmanuel, quickly, when he's playing well, um, he does take this offense to another level. Um, they just dropped 130 on the Cavs recently. Uh, Matt mentioned they're, they're three and one on the series. They covered the last three games straight up against the same team. They're not worried about the Cavs. So I think the biggest... So I guess to answer your question, I would say that the the one thing to look into is these Knicks players are not scared or worried about the Cavs. It would be different if they were playing, quote unquote, a blue blood in the East, right? Uh, the the Celtics or the or the Bucks. But I think with the Cavs, they beat this team three times in the regular season. They they've looked in the eye with these guys. I don't think they're worried. So I do want to make that argument with quickly. If he plays well, sixth man of the year caliber, I think the Knicks do have a shot. All right, Brandon, what's your player prop angle for this series? 
Yeah, we have a couple of things I'm keeping an eye on. I know that, Matt, you, you'd you never think the rebounds matter. I think they matter for MVP and Rookie of the Year and, and postseason games and all the things. I'm always the rebounds guy. <laughs> I'm not so convinced that Jared Allen's just going to go out and play huge minutes. That groin injury has been keeping him out of games lately. I think that's a key thing. We, we don't know. I don't know that he's out. I don't know that he's in. Certainly, we're expecting him to play. I don't know how much he'll play. When he did not play in the season the series, they got crushed on the glass. Mitchell Robinson, Isaiah Hardenstein had 20 and 22 rebounds, the two games without Allen. That's a real key. They need Allen. We need Allen and Mobley out there for the defense. When Allen did play, he rebounded a lot. He had 12 and a half rebounds a game. So I don't know what the angle is. Yeah, we kind of have to see how do the minutes look, how does health look in game one. But that's something I'll keep an eye on as the series goes. The other thing I think is interesting, obviously we know Julius Randle is also injured to start the series. Apparently everyone is injured. It's a long season, it turns out. So on the surface, that seems like, well, bad for the Knicks. They have two great offensive players. One of them is hurt right now. The other one also, as, as Albert said, a little hurt. Brunson as well. So the numbers from Pivot Analysis are interesting here. When Brunson and Randall played together this season on the court, plus 1.4 in net rating. Not so great. Not a great case for my Knickerbockers here. Brunson with no Randall on the court, plus 13.5 for the season. Brunson has been better. The Knicks have been better with Brunson on and Randall off. I'm not really the biggest Julius Randall fan, to be totally honest. Uh, certainly in this matchup against Mobley and Allen, that's not why I'm picking the Knicks to contend here. So I think actually Brunson could be a guy to watch early. Gets, we saw last year, we saw Luka was out. We saw Brunson step up in his spot in the playoffs and have some big games. So I think I'll look for some Brunson props. And uh, you can play the score after three games thing uh, at some books. I like Knicks up two to one. If you think they're in the series, I think it's because they steal one of the first two games on the road without Randall because Brunson has a big game, goes head to head with Spida. That's a plus 240. So you're getting a long number there. So I think those are some angles I'm watching heading into the series. Okay, uh, mine is going to be Isaac Okoro points, rebounds, assists over. This is going to be one of my best bets for the weekend uh, for the game one. Just go ahead and get you a spoiler on that. Uh, let's start here on why I think he plays a lot. I think it's opportunity based. And the reason for that is because he's the only one that can guard Brunson. In the regular season, when Karis LeVert guarded Jalen Brunson, eight for 14 for 20 points, along with four assists. When Brunson was guarded by Donovan Mitchell, this one's gross. Donovan, when Brunson was guarded by Donovan Mitchell, 14 of 20, 70% from the field for 36 <laughs> points and two assists. But when Isaac Okoro guarded <laughs> Jalen Brunson, two of 11 from the field for just seven points and two assists. That, by the way, was the most that any player guarded Jalen Brunson in the regular season for the Cavaliers. So, Okoro, this is the big thing is like if you if you kind of watch as, as the season went on, I I was with with where Brandon was on Isaac Okoro to start the season. Um, and unlike Brandon, I did not do NFL for half a year. So I actually watched as like the season went on and things kind of evolved. And this is actually going to be a probably a shocker for uh, Brandon because I understand exactly how he feels. But this is an important stat to note. After the All-Star break, Isaac Okoro, 43% from three-point range. No All kidding. Right. My guy. 51% from the field, 43% from three, 85% from the line. 51, 43, 85 splits for all Isaac Okoro. Now look, they're going to leave him open. It's going to be high-pressure shots. 
I totally understand that, which is why I don't want to just take the points. I don't want to take threes. I want to take the PRA because I think that Okoro just plays a lot. There's an opportunity for him to contribute in multiple ways. I'm expecting this number to be low. Why would the books be, be targeting Isaac Okoro as a high number guy when we got guys like Donovan Mitchell and Darius Garland and Evan Mobley, and Jared Allen and Karis LeVert and all these guys for the Cavs, right? I don't think Okoro's numbers are going to be high. I think he'll play a lot because I think that they will recognize Cavs and Lake staff is pretty good. I think they're going to recognize like, hey, we got to play Okoro quite a bit in the series. I think he's their guy. That's my best bet is the over on Isaac Okoro points, rebounds, assists when that number comes. Matt, I do like that look because another wrinkle that we're not mentioning here is Brunson and Mitchell actually played against each other last year. For for those who, you know, we, we don't have to really get into how the Jazz players liked each other or whether they hated each other yeah. last season, but yeah, Brunson tore up Mitchell in, in that playoff series as well. So I agree with you. We're not going to see much Mitchell on Brunson. Um, and if if I were you, I would just take the points out of it and just do rebounds yeah. and assists to be to be perfectly mm-hmm. honest. Or steals and steals and blocks. I like that angle as well. But um, I agree. I like Okoro. He's going to play a ton of minutes. Um, it'll be interesting to see one of the, the key problems that the Cavs had in terms of Brunson was they play a lot of aggressive at the level coverage and screen. So they put two guys up and they play high. And you can do that when you got Mobley and Allen because you always have the backside rim protector. The Knicks don't really have the capacity to play five out unless they go with Randall. This is why like Randall's gonna be a, a I have him in my my season pre my series preview as the pendulum. Like he's the guy that swings the series. If Randall shoots 43% like he did versus the Cavaliers in the regular season in this series versus tighter coverage the Knicks are going to have a great chance for Brandon to cash. If Julius Randle has a great playoff series, Brandon has a great chance to cash. Yeah, uh, for, for those of you not watching the video, when Matt just brought up that number, my face just made a, a really bad look for you. So that, that is not the outcome I'm hoping for. I do not need Julius Randle to be the pendulum here. Uh, let's do the elevator pitch. So let's wrap everything up and give me your best bet for why you like the Cavs to win this series, AC. Yeah, I think this is a nice bounce back spot. I think people are going to overrate the regular season head-to-head matchup where the Knicks won 3-1. to one. And I think uh, this number here at, at minus 200, or if you want to go minus one and a half games, I think it's pretty telling. The Knicks, the way I see that series going is, uh, I would say, an, an easy game one for Cleveland, a closer game two where they squeak it out in the end. I think that the Knicks, if they were to win a game, I think it would be game three. And that's really it. It would be a gentleman's sweep, and I think Cleveland's going to look forward to their division rival, Milwaukee Bucks. Nice. Uh, Brandon, give me the elevator pitch for why you like the Knicks to win the series. Or, sorry. Well, to plus, be clear, plus to one be half. clear, Knicks plus one and a half, and that is important. You notice, and I like the, the long plus odds. I'm not taking the, the Knicks to win the series outright. Not yet. I may come to it later. I think that's part of it. Game six in New York. Cleveland, can Donovan Mitchell show up and silence the crowd? Absolutely. I can write the story already. I can see it. But so far, they've been a sub-500 team on the road. I think you have to like the Knicks at a home game six. And then I win if we can't get to seven. I don't need to worry about it anymore. So that's why I prefer the plus one and a half. I don't really disagree too much, Matt, with the things that you said about the, the New York Knicks. I think they're a flawed team. I just think these are both flawed teams. I think this is a Spider-Man meme series. Why have you abandoned your Cavs? You used to love these calves. I did not abandon my calves. I cashed all my futures and win totals, and I am uh, taking my money and running. <laughs> you can't get to the playoffs and outbench and out-rebound opponents. That's what the Cavs have been doing all year, too. It's not just the Knicks. I agree. That's what New York does. It doesn't work anymore. I just don't think Cleveland can either. 
I think the season series is telling. Kevin Pellin at ESPN has studied that uh, the season series is actually very predictive of just first round outcomes. And the Knicks lost the one early game and then won the three since then. I know missing guys. That's how it is in all the series these days. But I like New York since December 4th. New York had that 10 and 13 start. They had got rid of Fournier. They got rid of Derrick Rose. Since then, 37 and 20, number three offense, nearly a top 10 defense. The Knicks have lost only four times by double digits since December 4th, only once by more or 12 or more points. I think New York is just as good as Cleveland. And I'm going to even say it, give me Tibbs in the playoffs, because let's not forget, J.B. Bickerstaff is the guy on the other side here. <laughs> I'll take Tibbs and the experience. I've, I have been burned by Tibbs. Look, I'm a Bulls Timberwolves fan. I've been here before. I've seen some <laughs> Tibbs playoffs. J.B. Bickerstaff. I'm going to have to see it. So give me the Knicks plus one and a half. Uh, all right. Uh, I'll just give you mine uh, real quickly. The elevator pitch for Cavs minus one and a half and minus two and a half on the series spread. Like I mentioned earlier, starters, that's it. The starters play, the starters win. They have a big edge in this matchup. Benches don't win in the playoffs. Now they can help you when you lose a player. If injuries affect the series in a way that I'm not anticipating and some of them, I, I have to be able to anticipate Brandon's right. If Jared Allen's groin is a problem in this series, then my cap is going to get shaky. Like if Jared Allen's groin is not right and he misses significant time in this series, I'm all of a sudden going to be looking like I'm not going to feel good about this because Allen really is that important to the makeup and and keeping the Knicks off the glass. But so much of this regular season stuff is just like based off of entirely effort stuff. It's like effort and Julius Randle threes. Like I'm able to see through that. To me, the regular season results are not indicative of anything. Uh, the Cavs team is much better. This Cavs team, honestly, great. I was one of the better teams in the league. And SRS, and Brandon's right, that you can definitely game that by beating up on the bad teams. But as I mentioned, they actually performed pretty well versus the good teams, too. I think their fastball was much better. I trust Donovan Mitchell here. Uh, I do not trust Hibbs. I do not trust Julius Randle. Dalen Brunson will have a good series. Emmanuel Quickly will have a fine series. But I like the Cavs starting five better. Don't believe as much in the Knicks bench to be the impact maker in the playoffs. Tom Thibodeau, six and 22 straight up as a dog <laughs> in the postseason. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. All right, let's go over to the other series in the Western Conference in the 4-5. The Phoenix Suns taking on the Los Angeles Clippers. Paul George will not be available for this first-round series. Wah, wah. As always, the Clippers are better in theory than they are in reality. Uh, AC, let's start with you. What's your best bet for Suns-Clippers in the 4-5? 
So the price here is crazy. It's Suns minus 600 at some places. Uh, if you get Suns minus two and a half, it's plus 100. I'm going to go the other side here, guys. I'm going to fade Kevin Durant, even though he's been undefeated as a Phoenix Sun in a starting lineup. Um, I like the Clippers plus two and a half. I think the the series is going to go at least five games, um, hopefully six games. So I, I, I do like uh, Clippers, and I think that's going to be my best bet. Uh, I'm going to jump in here and I'm going to join him. I'm just going to go ahead and jump in front of Brandon since I have the same best bet. Mine is Clippers plus two and a half. There is a minus 125 in the market on plus two and a half. I hate how this series is priced. Just real quickly, I hate how this series is priced. When yeah. they do this, when they're like, oh yeah, no, like you can't get a good number on the Suns to win the series. No, no, like they're they're massive favorites. Okay, so like then the I should be able to get a good plus number on the Sun on the Clippers to win two games. No, you're gonna have to lay juice on six games. You're gonna have to lay juice on them winning two games in a series. Seriously, like you think that they're winning? They're killing me with this with these lines on this on this series. I hate it, but the best bet for me has to be plus two and a half minus one twenty five. Brandon, what's your best bet for the series? All right, you guys ready for this? My best bet on Suns Clippers. Here's my big preview. Bet on nothing. Don't bet on the series. Do not bet anything on the Suns. Don't bet on the Clippers. Don't bet on the title odds. Don't bet on the conference odds. Bet nothing on either one of these teams until we see game one at least. I'll explain why when we get to it. Wow. So Brandon makes a good point, Matt. This is a betting show, right? So yes, we're making we're making uh, you know uh, projections before the series. But there's a lot of angles or a lot of opportunities mid-series as well, whether it's after game one, whether it's after game two. For example, in the Cavs-Knicks series, if you believe what Brandon's saying and the Knicks lose game one, you're going to get a lot more value in the Knicks spot after that. So look into that. I know this is a betting series and not just uh, not just uh, talking about the NBA. Yeah, and I mean, it probably goes for me too, right? It's like, if we can get a live series spread after game one, that's probably the best bet because we'll actually will get a plus number then. Like, if the Suns win game one, which I expect them to, as the Suns are undefeated with Kevin Durant, um, then, I like, the number at plus two and a half will go to such a good number. I'll probably want to bet it then. Um, okay. And, so and just, to be, just to be clear a little bit, this is not just me trying to be, like, the sharp one that's like, let's just wait a little bit, guys. We'll get a better price later. That is me other times. I will do that other times. <laughs> Just to be clear and fair to myself here, this is me being like, nope, don't know. Don't know what's happening with these teams. I don't know. I don't know who's good. I don't know who's winning the series. I don't know who's... Look, Hawaii Leonard's team is the less theoretical team in a series playoff matchup, and we're supposed to know what's happening here. I don't know. I don't think you guys know. I don't think I know. I'm not betting it. I don't think you should bet it. Is that the most important thing? It's just like, there's no way to really know about this. Well, I'm glad you asked. I'll go right into my most important thing because yes, that is the most important thing. We don't know about these teams. I did a Twitter thread this afternoon. I tried very hard to say, okay, we got eight games of Kevin Durant's sons. What do we make of them? So let me just give you some numbers from it because I thought it was interesting. They're obviously eight. No, we know that. So Kevin Durant, we're going to hear this stat a lot. Kevin Durant, 34 and 13 this season. That's a 59-win pace. That's very, very good. Maybe Kevin Durant is the MVP. He's only seven and six against top seven seeds. It's not bad. Certainly, that's certainly fine. But, you know, you're playing good teams, but it's not a 59-win pace. It's not eight and no. They really haven't played anyone. The Suns' eight games came against no teams in the top seven seeds, except for Denver, who literally didn't bring their team to the game either time that it happened. 
That doesn't mean the Suns don't get to count those wins. I just don't think they really told us anything. In those games, Phoenix had a 120 offensive rating. That would have ranked first in the NBA. They had a 108 defensive rating. That would have ranked first in the NBA. Guess what? If the Suns rank first on offense and defense, the rest of the playoffs, and as long as they have Durant, they're going to win all the championships. We pretty much know that. But they're obviously not going to do that. Troubling thing for me in those games, Suns defense gave up 49% effective field goal percentage. That would have been an outlier number one by so far ahead of Milwaukee at the actual number one that Milwaukee is that far ahead of Charlotte, who's 18th in that same stat. So what that tells me is Kevin Durant and the Suns played a bunch of teams that aren't very good. They beat them because all the opponents missed a ton of shots, and I don't think we learned anything from it. Kevin Durant has played in 6.8% of Phoenix's minutes for the season. 6.8%. He is 18th on the Phoenix Suns in minutes. I don't know what the Phoenix Suns are. I don't think we know. And we already know. We don't know what Kawhi and PG and all the Clippers are. I just don't think we know anything. I think when we watch game one, it's going to be the first time we learn something real about either one of these teams, maybe the whole season. Okay. AC, what's the most important thing in this matchup? I think um, I think that the Clippers are being overlooked. I know we're talking about the, the Suns. I know... Uh, they haven't really played anyone. Katie's eight. No, he's undefeated in his last 26 starts. Katie's actually 23 and three. That's even a more impressive stat. Um, but Kawhi, I think Kawhi is really, really close to peak Kawhi guys. I know it's not the, the Raptors Kawhi or even late Spurs Kawhi, but in isolation play, Kevin Durant, who arguably is the best isolation mid range score in the history of the league. They actually are tied at 1.02 points per possession isolation that's how good Kawhi has been and that's Kawhi coming back from a major injury the other thing the Clippers are the third best three-point shooting team by percentage they don't shoot enough but by percentage they're the third best three-point shooting team in the NBA if they were to take one or two more per quarter that would be a big difference in their uh, offensive output I believe the Clippers have been holding a lot of things close to their chests especially in the last two, three weeks here, I think they're really going to come out, especially with Kawhi leading the way. Kawhi, at the end of the day, when he's healthy and his mind is right, is a top player on the same level, in my opinion, as Kevin Durant. Most important thing for me is lineup versatility. Clippers can play small. They can play big. They can play super big. They can play medium big. They can play small ball. They can play tiny ball they can play medium ball they can play all these types of different ways the suns can't do that they gave up a lot of their versatility when they gave up cam johnson and they gave up mikhail bridges in the trade for kevin durant that allowed for them to do a lot of things on top of that they got rid of dario Saric, who hasn't been the same since injury can't blame him for that but they have doubled down on bigs it's always going to be ayton or bismack or jack londale there's always going to be a big on the floor now the clippers do have mason Plumley and zubach and they play those guys a fair amount a lot right so like they can match up if they need to because i do think that zoo is probably underrated in terms of the relative gap perceived between Aiden and zoo is probably a little bit closer than you would think zoo's played great this year he played great last year i was not a zoo guy really in his career he's been phenomenal uh mason fits really well with this team bench unit has been absolutely killing it uh, including with bones highland who you know good friends with mason Plumley, apparently based off of that <laughs> interaction the other day uh the bench unit for the clippers uh, look, I'm not going to sit here and make the argument that the Clippers bench is like, I can't sit here and say depth doesn't matter in the Cavs-Knicks series and then say depth matters in the Clippers series. But what I do think matters is you need lineup versatility in order to be able to throw different looks and find the answers that you need. 
the Suns are really on a precipice with like whoever that other guy is. You know, it's going to be Chris yeah. Paul. You know, it's going to be, I mean, Chris is honestly falling off quite a bit, but Chris, Chris is going to be there. Devin's going to be there. KD's going to be there. Devin's going to play awesome. KD's going to be KD. That's enough to get them through most, most challenges. Aiden is Aiden. Who's the other guy? Like, that's the question, right? Is it Josh Akogi? Is he going to be the one hitting corner threes? Is it Tory Craig? Is it going to have to be Damian Lee? Is it going to have to be his win, right? Like, there's all these guys <laughs> that are really unproven, and those guys tend to be pressure points, especially versus switching defenses that know how to double. And that's what the cat, what the Clippers are able to bring to the table in this situation. Um, here's another thing. When you play a switching style, which the Clippers do a lot, Kevin Durant is always going to be like, oh, then I'm going ISO and I'm hitting a mid-range jumper. That's like his go-to move, right? It's like that. that is an A-B sequence. Oh, you're switching. I'm ISOing. The problem is that stuff inherently over the course of a series gets less and less and less efficient. You get more used to how to do it. It's why the Rockets came so close to knocking off that team in 2018 if it weren't for Chris Paul's hamstring. Like it was so close and almost entirely because the Warriors couldn't run any of their stuff because the Rockets were just switching everything. And KD was like, well, then I'm going to ISO and the Warriors turned into like, let's stand around and watch KD for a while. Okay. And on the other end, you know, AC mentioned Kawhi. He is looking like he's looking like himself for the first time in a long time. That three point edge is considerable. The Suns do not take hardly any threes. They're a two point heavy, specifically mid range, heavy team. You can math game them. And that's enough for me to believe that the Clippers can at least get two games in this series. That's the most important thing in this series. Let's talk about player props. Uh, AC, I know you got something that you like with DeAndre Ayton. Yeah, I like this look a lot. Uh, unless you're Shaquille O'Neal, Hakeem Olajuwon, Tim Duncan, um, jo- Joel Embiid, Nikola Jokic, big men actually have some trouble in the playoffs. That's not because they're not good. That's not because they're not effective. But I think the other, the the offense on the other side, especially in this era of basketball, is scheming against uh, your big man. So I think. In my opinion, a DeAndre Ayton under rebounds is going to be a really good look. I also think that the Clippers are going to be attacking the rim relentlessly, which is going to get Ayton potentially in foul trouble. Um, I think they're going to have to play small because I think Ty Lue is going to play small a lot with the Clippers. So I think an Ayton under uh, rebounds right now for game one, it's set at 10.5. I'm going to look into that those positions almost every single game. Brandon, hit me with a player angle that you like. I'm going to give you a quarter angle, actually, instead of a player angle here. I'm going to look to play the Suns' second quarters here. I noticed in the numbers, Suns' second quarter for the season, plus 4.6 net rating. That's fifth in the NBA. The Clippers, minus 6.6 net rating in the second quarter, 27th in the NBA. So, obviously, that doesn't necessarily hold that way. None of that. Most of that didn't include Durant. Rotation are going to change, et cetera. But that's definitely an angle I'm watching. The other thing, honestly, not necessarily a prop, but it just kind of hit me today. Guys, we get to watch Kevin Durant and Kawhi Leonard face off in like a big playoff series, finally. And I, I dug back into the numbers. This seemed always like this was the big rivalry, right? This was Kevin Durant's rival. We tried to make it LeBron. They're not really the same player. Kawhi guarding Durant. For the careers, that's been the guy, the one guy who ever could actually like handle Durant. Is Kevin Durant God mode still in there? 
it didn't come out last year in the playoffs, but he didn't have a lot of help. It sure did the year before. We got a tool away from it going to the finals, maybe. Is Kawhi Leonard God mode still in there? We we are a few years off of it, but please, can we get both of those against each other? Because somehow Kawhi Leonard won finals MVP in 2014. That's almost a decade ago, right? Since then, these guys have played each other five times in the regular season. That is tragic. Five times Kawhi and KD. We hopefully get more than that just this series. So give me that. We had 2017 and 2019 where Kawhi got hurt game one. Durant only played one game in 2019 when they met in the playoffs. Just please give me the over one and a half staying healthy Kawhi and KD. <laughs> and like, like I like great analysis, right? We got to see which star is better. I think to win the series, to be really competitive in the series, I think Kawhi Leonard has to significantly outplay Kevin Durant by a wide margin. Otherwise, it's Clippers' uh, death for them. I wish Paul George was in the series. I'm so it's yeah. just a bummer, man. Uh, it's predictable. It's still such a bummer. Uh, my uh, player angle is going to be Norman Powell. So I think Powell's going to be able to play That's in a lot boy. of lineups as uh, a versatile forward. <laughs> um the Suns will play a lot of drop coverage with Aiton. They're not going to want to switch consistently. And so Powell is able to get in. He averaged a really, really good number in this uh, season series versus the Suns. And like Kevin Durant's a good defender. Don't know how much will be matched up on Powell, right? Like, I don't know like what those are going to look like. And so in general, I think there's probably an opportunity here for them to be able to uh, get Powell going offensively. Powell in the season series in two games uh average 18.5 points on 52% shooting from the field. He was absolutely lights out. Um added four rebounds as well. They got outscored when he was on the floor, but I do think that he's going to uh be able to score as a second like he'll have to score in 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 replacement of Paul George. He's the guy. And so even though the number will be a little bit juiced, I'm gonna like the Norman Powell overs. I think this is a good matchup for him. Uh elevator pitch AC. Wrap it all up for yeah. me and why you think that the Clippers are live here. Brandon mentioned it. As a basketball fan, I am so excited to watch Kevin Durant and Kawhi um, close to their peak of the powers. Another wrinkle here that we didn't even mention is Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook. This is probably their first playoff series, I believe. Oh, yeah. uh, that's interesting. But my my whole thing, and, and Matt mentioned the math game here, we have the third best shooting by percentage team uh, with the Clippers. I think they're going to up the volume there. Uh, at least two to three per quarter. And I think they're going to be able to to steal a couple of these games. So in my opinion, even if the series is not close, let's just say it ends in four or sorry, it ends in five or it ends in six. I think game to game, you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think each game is going to be competitive because I think you're going to see so many adjustments coming out of halftime and you have such high level basketball players from both sides. This arguably is, in my opinion, the top, the best top four in the league with the Suns, right? With KD, Booker, Chris Paul, and Aiton. I think it's better than the Bucks, in my opinion. Um, but I think with that being said, is the three-point shooting and the ability to play defense, especially on the road for the Clippers, are going to keep the games close. Paul George is playing. I'd be betting the Clippers to win the series. I'll just say that right now. Like, I, if <laughs> Paul George was playing, I'd be betting them to win the series. But he's not. So I can't bet them to win the series. Um, Brandon's right. This is a series I'm tempted to skip, but I'm going to go ahead and take the Clippers uh plus two and a half on that line and just go ahead and and deal with that reality i don't like the number um it's probably better to wait until after game one uh when phoenix will probably win that game 
uh, as a best pal, I'll go ahead and pl- I will play a little bit before the series as well. Um, the Clippers just simply, to me, the matchup versatility, the switching style, these are all things that give Phoenix trouble on top of the three-point stuff that AC mentioned. I just don't, I do not think this is a good matchup. It's enough for the Clippers to get two games. Steal a game in Phoenix, get one at home. Suns make the adjustment. KD wins out. Kawhi wears down. Suns take care of business. But Suns probably take care of business in six. So I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to, I'm going to give the Clippers some, some benefit of the doubt. God help me. Plus two and a half <laughs> is the elevator pitch. Brandon, do you want to make a pitch for? I, I do. I do. Nothing. Okay. So l- let me, let me defend my, my lack of elevator. I'll take the escalator, I guess, or something. I don't know. So stairs, buddy. you're in the stairs. Yeah. The, the, the pitch is, this is not a punt here. I, I think it's important to note what I'm not betting on. Like that's, to me, that this is a, a bet on not betting is also a case. So I'm not betting on the Clippers long shot number here. And we know that's the thing that I would do, right? I'm not really that sold on this Suns team. I don't think that they're that great, but I still don't buy into the Clippers at the plus 400 at the number. I think that is its own sign also, because I look and I don't know Kawhi, Katie, I call it a wash. But Devin Booker, who I actually was surprised the playoff numbers don't really hold up that well looking back. I, I might need to see a little bit more. The, the Vorps and Schwartz, they don't like Devin Booker in the playoffs that much. But Devin Booker against whatever we're getting from PG, if anything, pretty clear advantage book. Chris Paul, Russell Westbrook. Boy, I have talked a lot about those two before. Give me CP every day. So we'll, the bench from there, the, the depth from there, obviously Clippers, but I don't think it's enough. So I can't talk myself into L.A., the other thing is, while I'm not playing this series, I'm sure I'll play something game to game. What I am doing is evaluating the future. And, and I'm going to be ready if I see Kawhi God mode, if I see Durant God mode, if I see neither, which is what I'm expecting. If I see flawed teams that I think are both a little overrated, that's my spot to say, hey, after game two here, I'm in on the Nuggets now. I'm in on whoever is my other team. That's the way I'm playing the series is this is, this is if possible, Kawhi, if he's great, Durant, if he's great, now you have the best player in the conference and that changes the entire landscape of the last. So I, I just want to watch and learn and see how I'm going to bet everything going forward. That's that's the elevator pitch. I want to pose a question to you, Matt. Um, so the coaching matchup here. Monty mm-hmm. Williams, you know, is a good coach. Um, he he did lose in the finals. And then he, obviously he lost against the Mavericks in the Western Conference Finals last year. Um, Ty Luce lost, but he's also won an NBA title himself. Who would you give the advantage here, Matt? I'm taking a cop out here, man. I think it's a wash. I think they're both a little overrated. Um, it's not that I don't think Monty's great, good because he's great. He's especially great in building culture. Um, guys respond to him. Guys believe in him. Guys love him. Uh, the book on Ty Lue is that guys like him and respect him and respond to him for a while. But there was a lot of rough stuff early this season. And I don't know how much of this, the Clippers' late season success and stabilizing to get into a playoff spot was Ty and how much of it was just like them getting healthy and them getting schedule breaks. I don't know how to evaluate it. Um, so I think this is probably closer to a wash if I had to give an edge. I give it very slightly to Ty Lou because I don't think that he's as married to his principles as – I don't think he's as bound to his principles as Monty Williams is. Mm. That's going to do it for your conference previews for the four fives covered the Cavs and the Knicks. Brandon likes the Knickerbockers plus one and a half. AC and I are on the Cavs minus one and a half. 
AC and I like the Clippers plus two and a half. Brandon says, stay the hell away from this matchup. We will be back all week with more NBA series previews as well as best bets in this feed. You will be able to find on Tuesday best bets for the play in tournament games on Tuesday night. You will also be able to get play in tournament games for Wednesday night on late Tuesday, early Wednesday morning as well. Uh, we will also have a series preview with a special guest tomorrow. Uh, we'll be doing that as well, recording this on Monday night. Make sure to follow AC on Twitter at Analytics Capper. You can follow Brandon on Twitter at Wheaton Brando and in the Action Network app. I'm on HB Basketball. Our thanks to David Payne, our producer. We'll see you guys again next time. Till then, let's get buckets. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.